For episode 18 of the World Triathlon Podcast, we catch up with the Netherlands' Maya Kingma. The 25-year-old scored a first podium finish at the Carla Vivari World Cup in early September, following up on a sixth-place finish at the WTS Hamburg World Championships. Maya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Watching on Triathlon Live, it was clearly a very emotional moment uh, for you down the blue carpet in Carla Vivari, knowing that that first podium was yours. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I worked like many years for it, of course, and um, always dreamed about like how I would respond if I would finish on a podium. And actually, never before the race, I think about that. But uh, at that moment, uh, yeah, it was really special. Quite nice to be able to do it without too much pressure behind you, right? I mean, you'd put in a great run and, and were, you were able to enjoy the moment a little bit. Yeah, true. Yeah, I um, I, I, I think um, in Hamburg, it was the first time that I um, really knew that I could like come close to a podium. Um, I never raced like that before. And it's a really different type of racing because normally I race to not being taken over by too many fast runners um mm. as normally i'm a good swimmer and good on the bike but my run wasn't that uh, uh stable normally uh so in hamburg it was the first time that i was like okay i think i think this this top six is is gonna happen <laughs> um and before califari i know like okay the top six i i can do that so maybe i should look more to maybe the podium um but only when i saw like okay i have like indeed a lot of uh time behind me now for the third place i felt a bit safe i felt comfortable but during the whole race i, I definitely wasn't sure about that and still maybe a bit too much looking backwards like would i be able to hold yeah. this spot well and it's a long race as well right i mean <laughs> it was uh well over two hours and um, only the second proper race back. So that must have been taking a toll on, on that tough course as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. But uh, I was really happy with this race. I never raced it before, mm. uh, but I heard from all the Dutch athletes and of course all other, other athletes that it was a very tough course. Uh, and I just thought, okay, I, I worked a lot on my cycling and uh, improved my running this year. Um, so let's just see and um yeah from the start of the swim it was like a bit of a a bit of a fight sadly uh so i didn't like have my swim like uh, i had before um so that was a bit tough as well on the second lap i could close some gaps and then i thought okay just this race is just gonna be keep fighting and keep looking at the front and never look back again and that's what i did during the during the bike section Mm. um and only in the last last lap on the bike i thought like oh yeah right so we still have 10k run after this <laughs> um yeah but that, i tried not to think about that i felt strong on the bike and uh, especially because the course was tough i knew that if i was suffering probably the other girls would be suffering as well and that would be maybe uh, a benefit for me what's your policy on the uh, on the swim there then are you a stick as tight to the boy as possible on the corner or give it a bit more room or I mean obviously like you said it's one of the strongest parts traditionally of, of your racing so presumably more often than not you're, you're kind of out of most of the trouble are you? 
Yeah, normally I am, but um, with a wetsuit swim, it's um, it, it closes the gaps. Like mm. um, I'm really a swimmer on on technique, so I'm not like I don't have a lot of strength, and I know I could work on that, but yeah, for some reason I I don't really like that. I think swimming is a very technical sport, um, and when you are in a wetsuit, that like disappears for a bit. Um, and I think you have to be more uh, strong if you want to swim good in a wetsuit. Um, and of course, I think everyone knows that like uh, a less swimmer has more uh, benefit from a wetsuit swim. Mm. Um, and well, my wetsuit swim wasn't good uh, in Hamburg. It wasn't neither. Um, so normally I would I would try to give some space to the other fast swimmers. Uh, so I would not stand next to them or close to them. So we can all go our own way. Um, but now with the wetsuit swim, I knew hmm, probably it's going to be one big pack, at, at, at least at the first buoy. So um, yeah, I try to be on the inner corner. Yes. But that's a lot of fighting, sadly. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people wanting to be in that spot. Yes, exactly. So actually, your time in Carlo Vivari, um, the, the winning time was four minutes faster than it was in 2019. And your finishing time was two minutes faster than the winner. And that was in similar conditions. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, virtue of, of that field as well, um, having people like Flora to work with on the bike uh, is always going to be a special place, a special pack to be in, presumably. It's Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think um, before the race, I uh, looked up, of course, like the course and tried to see if I could find any data of the years before. Um, and I saw, of course, there's a steep hill and uh, it's pretty technical. Um, and yeah, I prepared for that and I knew I'm gonna, it's, it's, it's probably gonna be a hard bike ride. And I actually like that. Um, so that's what I made of it as well. So um, my, my spot after the swim wasn't that good. So I, uh, I just, from the beginning, I pushed. And um, at the moment I came with uh, Georgia Taylor-Brown on the bike and I think we both worked together pretty hard to uh, catch the group of Flora. And after that we worked, you know, I, I would say mostly with us three. Um, yeah, to, to keep it tough. And that was, was also my, my plan to, uh, just keep pushing. Yeah, in your in your years so far of elite level racing, how how does it compare out there at the moment when you've got Georgia and Jess doing really well? Katie obviously so strong last year. Flora back to her best. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, I know those those girls, of course, a pretty long time already, and um, I know when I only raced the uh, European Cups, uh, there was uh, Jessica with uh, Lucy Hall and they were like dominating all those races by a very fast swim, uh, amazingly fast transition and then just pushing on the bike. And I remember pretty good that, uh, that that was my goal at the time. I just thought, okay, swimming, I'm, I'm done, I'm with them. But after that transition, I already lost them. So uh, that's what I worked on. I think uh, like three years ago, that was my biggest goal to be able to join them on the bike. And um, yeah, it worked out well, apparently. <laughs> um, Lucy Hall, you mentioned Lucy Hall. Um, you had a good battle with her in a virtual race as well uh, a couple of months ago, right? How, yes, how, did, yes. how did all that work out for you? Um, I was really happy I was invited. So it was the Super League e-racing. And um, 
yeah, of course, every, every athlete was like in a bit of a no racing period. Uh, and that was for me, of course, as well. And uh, two months of no swimming. And um, I decided I would like focus on, on what I could do. So I focused on cycling and a bit of running. Uh, although I have to be careful with how much I ran, but I wanted to see if I could improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the inv- invitation came for the Super League e-races. And I never raced before on Swift. Um, so within a week, I tried to prepare me myself for that. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. At first, I heard like different stories about it. Some people said, oh, it's not like re-racing. And others were like very enthusiastic. Um, and I was as well, actually, because of course it's different. You have to know how Swift works. So there are some, yeah, some, some tips and tricks you have to know. Oh yeah. Um, Go on then, share some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you should just Google it, but it's, uh, it's very, it's, it's pretty easy. But, um, for example, if you ride in a group, there is a draft and right. it's, 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 it takes some practice to, to find that draft because if you're, you're, you cannot feel it. So you have to look like at the screen. If you're pedaling maybe like 10, 10 or 20 Watts too much, you're slowly going to the front. Um, okay. so, so you're actually kind of watching, are you looking at the Watts that other riders are doing and sort of trying to match that then? Uh, no, I, I try to look at the group uh, because right. yeah, otherwise I have to like constantly look at the numbers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually you're really trying to maybe move a bit in the group. So um, if you're like, um, for example, you're riding 200 watts and then you see that you're like slowly going to the back, then at the end of the group, I just give three more pedals of a bit more power and then you're at the front of the group again and then you can ease a bit again and that uh, that makes it a bit more comfortable to ride but uh, yeah it, it, it took some practice as yeah. well as uh, the super you, suck like in the downhill if you go like uh, above a certain uh, certain speed and you can like just not move your legs anymore and then you're still gonna be in the group because you the driver is going like super aerodynamic on the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and that saves a lot of energy. And how did you get on in the arena games with those treadmills as well? <laughs> yeah, well, that was a bit of a different story. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they, uh, they activated uh, the super draft on uh, the, the dribble, dribble draft on Swift. Um, so they thought like beforehand it would make the tactics a bit more important. Uh, but I think it filled the tactics completely out um, because even if you tried to escape or something on the bike, everyone would be able to hold, hang on because there was the, uh, a double draft. Um, so yeah, I did not really like that, but uh, I really like to be able to, to race. Um, and I just returned from, uh, from the fr- south of France like uh, the day before. I had my first altitude uh, training camp. I never mm-hmm. did that before. Um, so who was this, that with? Uh, just with my boyfriend. Right. Yeah. So um, it was the really first time, and I uh, I just wanted to try it because this year we we have time to try things. Um, I thought, okay, well, Arena Games will be a nice uh, a nice test event, and maybe uh, I will be good in uh, Hamburg three weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, I didn't have any treadmill to run on there, uh, and I never ran on it before. Uh, so that was a bit tough <laughs> and Super League racing, I never did that before either. Uh, so uh, it was it was really cool and I learned a lot, uh, like uh, the transitions and how you should keep the pace. Sometimes I was like 
oh, I'm never gonna make that up again. And then apparently I could make it up again. Um, so I learned, I learned there to, stick, to keep fighting, actually. Yes. And to keep switched on, right? There's an awful lot to keep thinking about. Like... <laughs> yes, yes, true. Yeah, 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 exactly. There was, uh, I think the most nerves before that race was, oh, all right, so first we're going to do that and we're going to do that. And it's a swim in the, in, in the pool and have the tumble turns and you have yeah. to push the button and then you have to go there and there. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a nice challenge. Yeah, so, sorry, did you say, is there, have you got a kind of recurrent injury that is impacting your running? Uh, not at the moment, um, but uh, as I said, I started as a swimmer. Um, and when I was around 14 years, I did a, a run bike run across Duatlon and I was still a swimmer, um, but, uh, I won the Dutch national championships for two years on that cross Duatlon. And then I got an invitation from the triathlon union if I would, uh, try a triathlon as I was multiple Dutch champion in swimming as well. Um, and that's when I started, but. Yeah, if you never run before and you were from a swimming background, you just have to be careful. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the coaches I got at that moment, they weren't that careful. So I did too much of running and probably with too much speed. And um, yeah, that impacted me for like the first seven years of my triathlon career. Oh. Um, so yes, I had a lot of injuries. It impacted a lot of me. And for, I think the biggest improvement for me this year and turning out in those races this year um, is that I was able to run for like a year for the first time in my life. Wow. Um, and I think for me, that was the biggest, biggest um, improvement. Do you think that's something that you're getting on top of then? So do you expect, obviously you hope, but do you expect it over the next couple of years to become less of a issue? Yes, I hope so. Yes, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I know my body more and more and i know that um when i feel it i shouldn't push through then i shouldn't do that even though my coach would say you should and i'm very lucky to have a, a good coach at the moment and some uh, advisors for my run bike and swim uh who knew me as who know me very well as well so um yeah i think i think i built a good team around me now and i don't think it will happen that often and that like with those big injuries i had before how were you feeling after Carla V? Did it take longer than usual, the recovery process or? <laughs> Actually not. I felt like great. Yeah. I, the day, yeah, the day after we had uh, traveled back with uh, another Dutch athlete uh, back to the Netherlands by car and um, yeah, it was actually pretty good. I was, I was really surprised about that. My coach as well. I think after Hamburg, the individual race, my legs were still fine as well. Only after the relay, they were, uh, they were pretty tired. I think I had a lot of um, muscle soreness after the relay, um, mm. but apparently the, the the bit longer and a bit slower intensities um, I'm getting used to. Yeah, so that's really nice. And a bit more metal in your pocket. Maybe that's the secret, right? <laughs> <laughs> that definitely helps. Yes. So it was a it was a road trip back home after Carlo Vivari, was it? Yes. Yes, it was. Who were you with? How did it? Go? How long was the drive? Um, I was with uh, Rani, Rani Skrabanya. Um, uh -huh. So uh, we had an apartment uh, together in Kalifivari, uh, and I think it was it's it's like a seven-hour ride. So it's uh, 
it's okay. We we took the whole day for it. I had a nice uh, German lunch, so uh, it was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, it doesn't seem like sitting in a car for seven hours after doing that course is probably a particularly good idea, but I suppose it kind of comes with the territory, right? There's nothing unusual about that for, for you guys having to travel <laughs> long distance. No, no, definitely not, no. But in, in Hamburg, um, I decided to stay. So normally we would, some of the athletes uh, traveled back on Sunday after the relay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided to uh, do just uh, relax, do a cool down on the bike and uh, have a good dinner and only return the day after that. Um, I see. You didn't you didn't go straight to Kalavivari from Hamburg? Yeah, we could have, but um, I was still graduating. For, well, yeah, I I, I tried to graduate. Uh-huh. I did, and uh, <laughs> it was my birthday the day after, so uh, I wanted to be home. We had time for that. So. Uh, oh yeah. right. So what you got your exam results and stuff, or? <laughs> yeah, actually, on the morning of Kalavivari. So uh, yeah, we just had uh, had breakfast, and uh, I checked my email, and uh, I got an email that uh, my master thesis was um, was examined, and uh, I've got an eight for of both my professors. So uh, wow. Yeah, I was really happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of news you want on the morning of a race, huh? Exactly. Yeah. So I called my parents and I said, "Oh wow, wow, oh, guys, uh, I graduated." <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, the day can't uh, can get worse anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, no wonder you were feeling no pain on Monday. <laughs> what was what was the thesis in? Sorry. What was the what was the thesis in your? Ah, was... um, I um, I developed a, a brain computer interface. Mm. Um, so um, that's um, an, like a mechanism you can kind of read a person's mind. Um, and then connect that mind, the read, mind reading to a computer and that computer can do stuff. So um, for some people who might lose their arm or something, you can try to uh, make a robotic arm and they can try to control it with your brain. Um, but I made a, a checkerboard game. Like I think everyone knows that game. Yeah. And adapted to be played on a computer screen just simply with... Um, yeah, thinking different stuff in your mind so you try to measure those brain activity uh, in order to see what token uh, a participant would uh, would try to uh, to move wow um yeah. and presumably you, you know if you've done a thesis in that kind of thing then it, you become fairly blase about it but uh, that sort of thing always start, kind of blows my mind where do you start with trying to read someone in in the simplest possible terms <laughs> where do you start in terms of trying to read someone's mind with a computer <laughs> well you start with how you want to measure it um so in the brain we have of course we have a blood flow um so if uh, if a certain uh, part of your brain is active uh, there goes a lot of blood with new oxygen Mm-hmm. And that's what I measured uh, with, with this uh, brain-computer interface. So I measured um, the difference in oxygen in a certain area of the brain. Um, and it's, it's pretty, pretty simple, actually. If you imagine that you're moving your arm, for example, or you imagine that you're playing tennis or that you're running, um, there's like a motor cortex uh, that's getting active. And right. if you measure that, that cortex, you will see that there's like an increase of oxygen and blood flow. And then you know, oh, this person is like trying to imagine something being active with his or her body. 
So uh, that's that's one way you could do it. But you can also do like uh, inner singing so that you're imagining that you're singing and yeah. it will activate a different brain area. Okay. So if my hands are still by my side, but in my head, I'm thinking I'm flapping my arms around <laughs> then that would be enough of a trigger. Yes. Yes. Wow. Normally it would. Yes. Okay. That's why I think uh, imagination before your race also works. Like if you're trying to imagine how you, uh, how you will do your race or how you uh, want to, if you're working on a technical issue in your, in your swimming stroke or whatever, you can like try to imagine how you want to enter the water with your hands or whatever. And that's really activates the, the motor area in your brain. Right. Yeah. Katie's affairs is a big, follower of the sort of visualization side of racing yes exactly that's yeah. something you practice as well then yes i always try to do that yes yeah. so what's uh what's next for your for that side of your life the uh brain monitoring and uh <laughs> Um, well, I'm very happy that um, I finished sixth on the World Championships uh, in Hamburg. And uh, for me in the Netherlands, that means that I get a minimum uh, wage. Um, so I will be able to pay, uh, pay my bills for the next year, probably. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm really happy with that. I can say I'm a professional athlete now. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. So I will uh, try for this year to uh, for the next year to focus on, on sports and um, well, I, I need something to, to set my mind on. So I will definitely try to see uh, if there's something I want to, uh, to learn or still uh, do some coaching or uh, whatever. I want to do something next to it, um, mm. but uh, it won't be uh, studying anymore. So you've got room to take on something else. Have you got a little like hit list of things that you're thinking about or? Um, yeah, I've got some some small things, not not uh, the big things. I want to uh, to focus on my sponsors with in the in the triathlon. Um, yeah. So as I said, I I, uh, I did a lot of um, yeah. I built up quite a quite a, a student um, loan um, during during my studying and triathlon. Mm -hmm. um, so now I have a minimum wage. So I um, yeah, for triathlon it's an expensive sport. So I will try to focus on how I can. Uh, I can, how I can get a, a good bike and uh, new wet shoes and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So I will have a bit more time for that now. Um, so that's on my to-do list at first. Yeah. And uh, some reading, definitely. Just <laughs> books. I like that. Nice. Did I not see on your Instagram that you've got a new TT bike for? You've got a big race this weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, I um I can borrow this bike, so it's not mine. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm really happy that I can borrow it for uh, for the two weeks. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. So just tell our listeners what 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 and why. Yes, definitely. Um, so before um, the races from Kalifari and uh, Hamburg uh, were like sure going to happen, um, I didn't know if any racing was going to happen. So uh, when I heard there was a an Ironman organized um, Olympic distance in Maastricht, that's where I live in the south of the Netherlands, uh, I felt like, okay, uh, that's, that would be a nice goal. And if there is not gonna be any other racing, it would be really nice to have some Olympic distance racing. Uh, but uh, it's an Ironman um, yeah, organized race. So it's a non-drafting uh, non race. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really new. 
uh, as is the time trial bike. <laughs> um, but it will be over an Olympic distance, so um, that's that's uh, that's uh, safe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but the non-drafting is is completely new. Um, but it's really nice to to end the season with uh, with just this race. Yeah. So you're gonna have to kind of keep your focus about the whole non-drafting situation. Yes. Yes. Probably. Yes. That. Yeah, and getting uh, getting adjusted on on the tour on the TT bike because uh, yeah, it's completely different from a normal race bike, of course. Yeah, and uh, having to pace myself during the race that will be a, a nice challenge. <laughs> how uh, yeah, that kind of riding position being so different. How are you getting on with that? Um, I did a, at first um, a, a bike fit. So um, there's um, yeah. It's a, called Cycling Lab. It's here in Maastricht, and they also help me with uh, getting a good position on my normal race bike. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's also where I worked on this year, pretty much. Um, so that's the first place I went to uh, to get a, a, a pretty comfortable but also aerodynamic um, position on the bike. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I just did uh, three times, like half an hour, easy rides, trying uh, <laughs> not to be too scared about being uh, so much to the front and uh, yeah, pretty high and a low, uh, yeah, low front. So um, yeah, but I, I really like the like the challenge. And uh, last week, yeah, last weekend I tried the, the first um, time to do some tempos on it um and it's uh it's it's pretty cool but pretty uh <laughs> sorry pretty fast yeah pretty fast indeed um and um yeah but the only thing is like um i'm, I'm riding in the netherlands and we have like some bout bike paths but um there are a lot of other cyclists on it mm -hmm. so um it's yeah it's uh it's trying to like, like okay it's still comfortable to be uh like with uh, my both both hands to each other and not being able to uh, to break at any moment um so there was there was a challenge but um yeah this sunday i will race and then uh, then we have space on the course with no other traffic so uh, that should yeah. be fine yeah nice any other like familiar faces doing the race any of your kind of dutch compatriots or anything um well we have uh sophie van der most she's a duathlon mostly she does duathlons um and sarissa de vries she's uh she was a dutch uh itu athlete as well yeah. i think she finished second in the under 23 race in auckland um but she's uh, more focusing on long distance now um but she will probably be racing as well this sunday so and i train with her also quite a lot went with her on a training camp in uh, lunch road beginning of this year so it's uh, it's really nice to uh, to raise her again hmm. and are there any um you know how how is the dutch triathlon kind of landscape at the moment just in terms of thinking about the, the mixed relay team and so on as well obviously uh you've been racing alongside rachel Klammer for a long time and you've got Jorik van Egdom and, and marco van der stel there so how how do you feel about your chances for for tokyo and beyond um yeah we really hope to to qualify uh, of course everything is a bit uh, unsure at the moment because um at the first yeah at the beginning of this year we thought okay we we're in the top seven of the olympic uh, ranking mm -hmm. with the team relay um so 
we have to good to have a good race in Abu Dhabi and maybe we will uh, stay there in the top seven. Um, yeah, but now it's not sure. I, I have, to be honest, no idea how 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 the qualification is gonna be like. Um, but yeah, of course, Rachel is a very good athlete, and um, Marco and Yorick are uh, yeah are trying their best, and uh, yeah, the whole team is. So um, we really try and hope uh, we will uh, be able to qualify for the Olympics with the team. That would be really nice. Yeah, we um we're continuing our campaign to get good team names for for all the mixed relay squads Have you, is it something you've ever talked about as a team or had any ideas about uh mm. you know a nice little nickname that would look good on the back of a t-shirt or something <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be actually pretty nice uh, we we I, I don't think we we talked about that yeah. um but if i think about it now like um in the in the netherlands we have a, a lion as a symbol for the for the for the netherlands oh yeah um so or yeah like uh, a lot of teams are called the lions and probably i would call us like uh, the mini lions like maybe the the cups or something because we uh we're still trying to improve we're a pretty young team still like i'm 25 just turned 25 york is 25 Uh, mark is just two years older or something so uh yeah i think we still have some space to uh to develop and uh yeah, so I will call us the cups probably, <laughs> but I will have to talk with them if they're okay with that. <laughs> if they just, yeah, they might not think it's kind of intimidating enough. But, no, but probably like not, but we can grow into that, right? Exactly. Going from a cup to a lion, it would be pretty cool. Totally, there's, there's that room for progress there. I like it. I like your thinking. Great. Well, thank you, Maya. It's been great to talk to you. Really appreciate you taking the time. And um Best of luck with the uh, the non-drafting of the weekend. <laughs> Many thanks. And from there, it's just, uh, and then that's that's the end of your year, is it, as far as racing is concerned, and, and we'll see what the future holds. Yes, yes, yes. I will just have uh, one uh, team relay race with uh, my Dutch uh, student team, actually. But that's uh, really, really for fun. Just uh, gather up together, because I think it's really nice to, uh, to enjoy it as well. Um, and then uh, we'll have a resting period and uh, yeah, build up. Just uh, pretend there's going to be a normal 2021 season and uh, then we will see how our racing will be next year. Yeah, we can but hope, huh? Exactly. Great. All right. Well, thanks ever so much, Maya. Take care. Thank you too. Our thanks again to Maya for coming on the podcast and we'll be back in early October with plenty to talk about, including the return to racing with the Azekena World Cup on the 10th of October. You can watch our Triathlon Live. The Alejandra Paratriathlon World Cup takes place the same day, while the Valencia World Cup has been confirmed for the weekend of the 7th of November. Thanks for listening.